Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Jewelist Community Raw. I know that nothing I ever do means anything about me. That being said, I forget that sentiment all the fucking time. The weight builds, there's concern, there's worry, there's fear, and it all builds upon the idea that something that I do has ever meant anything about the reality of what I am, because the reality of what I am cannot be known. So anything I do is never actually meaning anything about me because it can't settle upon me. It's just reality acting accordingly. And the more often I can come back to that, the freer I feel, the less weight I feel, the more relaxed I feel. And that's when everything just seems to, uh, to fall into place. And I know that so well at this point that I willingly go into uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations. And only because other people's perceptions of me don't diminish my value. So if I'm talking about something that is uncomfortable, it's an opportunity for somebody to grow. They don't have to take that opportunity. They can choose to vilify me, point the finger, avoid everything I'm saying, and move on in order to get away from that discomfort. Or they could look at the discomfort, realize they're holding on to something that's limiting them, and change as a result. But in that, has nothing to do with me. I'm not going out of my way to make them uncomfortable. It's their avoidance that makes them uncomfortable. So my value is not diminished just because they don't take the opportunity that's being presented to them through me or through their conversation with me. Knowing that, I'm okay not being liked. Knowing that, I'm okay with people not being happy about the things I talk about because I'm not the source of that unhappiness. Their own avoidances. So I'm just going to be real with everyone, as authentic as I can be, because I actually care about you. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Dualist Community Raw, episode 46. Oh, wow. This is weird. This is the first Sunday since before the retreat. Yeah. Oh, shit. So it's been, what, three? <laughs> it's Sundays? been a while, yeah. Yeah. We I'm not even going to try and count, honestly, right now. Yeah. The world of time and space doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but wow, it's great to be back. I, I got to say, I've. I've had a lot of time to reflect and it's just been an interesting couple of weeks. It's been an interesting week for me since getting back from the retreat. I find that for me, the retreats very much are, well, they're, they're like a little accelerator, accelerator pad. It's like all of a sudden I just push on the gas in terms of my personal growth. And I find there are so many opportunities because there are so many open discussions for me to apply a lesson to explore an insight, to venture out into authenticity and vulnerability with a new person and, and to ultimately deprogram a bunch of old previous triggers and all that. And I know people tend to think that, oh yeah, Ray's got this. Ray doesn't deal with any of that stuff anymore. No, I certainly do. It's definitely in there all the time. And the whole point of this dialogue, this discussion, the peeling back of the layers is that as we do so, we all grow together. That's not me out there teaching anyone because I certainly don't feel like I have anything to teach, but it is certainly me out there trying to learn with you. And that in itself is really transformative. And so 
I don't know. I found a lot of reflection in this last week since the retreat. I find that my responses to things have changed. I've slowed down again. It's very much like the end of the last retreat, actually, except more so. Um, so it's been a weird week overall. Uh, I'm I'm not saying it's good or bad, but there's been a lot of change, and that change has very much shifted the dynamic of how I see myself in the world in a lot of ways. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting to reflect on these things and not settle on an endpoint. I, I guess is the point. Like I'm not trying to self-reflect and go, and now I've learned this. There's no endpoint that I'm looking for. It's just this constant kind of unfolding of whatever it is that's happening in my mind and in my reality and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I got to say, I, I'm so excited about Colorado. For everybody who doesn't know, we are doing two events in Denver, Colorado, uh, as of June 9th, the weekend of June 9th and the weekend of June, well, I'd say 16th, but it starts on the 15th. So we have a three-day weekend and a four-day weekend happening in Denver, Colorado. There's one ticket left, one queen bed for the first weekend. Um, and then I'm just going to be hanging around Denver, kicking around. I think on the Monday and the Friday, I might be doing a community get together. We might choose a park and just sit down, have a coffee, shoot the shit, that kind of thing. It's going to be fun. Um, if you would like to join us, definitely join us on Patreon because we'll talk about all the details there as we get closer to the event. Likewise, there's another event coming up in August in Vermont, August 24th. The details are not released for this yet. Tier three access, uh, early access, of course, as always, but, uh, just all of these opportunities to continue to talk to our community members as much as I'm excited to meet them and be there for their questions and so on and so forth. Characteristically, selfishly, I'm really excited about all the growth I'm going through. Likewise. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's funny. See going through the retreat and just being at the, one of the biggest things I, I take from those, just how cool it is to be able to, interact with people who not not get it but are at least involved in the conversation and willing to converse about you know, some deep deep shit and so there's it's almost like there's a i don't know i don't know how to describe it like a checkpoint where a lot of my conversations outside of the retreats outside of dual security are getting to they're like along and I don't like using the word path but like kind of you know earlier on that you know there's a lot of of questions and and you know discussions of even you know I got to talk to people about religion they're like well how do you know there isn't you know a god looking over us judging us and it's like I don't have to deal with that shit at the retreats which is awesome and it's the same on our on our patreon group chats and and all of that so there's there's like a ability to go deeper into things and recognize things. And even what's interesting at the retreat is we do have deeper discussions and there are times where we do dive deep into it, but a lot of the conversations are just fun conversations. They're not circling around. They're not like podcast episode type conversations, it's just talking with other iterations of myself about going through the shit, dealing with stuff and Another thing I notice, which I find funny, is is how self-judgmental we are. Because I go through it a lot too. And recently I've been going through it more than I have in the past, which has been interesting. Just like 
just judging myself more, which I was like, fuck, I thought I thought I dealt with that. Didn't didn't have to go through so much of that anymore. But that's not it either. And so talking with people and, and hearing how well spoken people are and how articulate people are and how how much good shit people have to say and then hearing in moments of vulnerability how much they think they have nothing to say and how judgmental they are of themselves and how concerned they are about expressing themselves. And I'm like, what? You're crazy. Like you have so much to share. I love talking with you. And, and especially when people don't have, you know, a fleshed out idea, they're like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. That probably didn't make very much sense. Or I don't know if, if I'm, if you're able to follow that, or I, that was probably a dumb thing to say or whatever. And I'm like, what? You're that's wild to think that. But then I look at myself and I'm like, fuck, I still do that shit. I still do that shit all the time. I'm still, you know, like sometimes hesitant to listen back to myself where I'm like, oh, that that was that didn't make very much sense, or oh, that that could have been said better, or oh, I sounded really tense, or you know, wasn't didn't seem very free or whatever. And it's just it's so interesting. So anyway, the more that I see it. In others, the more I see how common it is, the more I see how absurd it is to do it. Like it's really just not a necessary component of our experience. And I think what helps me the most when I'm going through the shit, feeling overwhelmed, dealing with stuff is just coming back to the recognition that this is still the flow of it. This is still the flow of it. And sometimes that's not very fun to recognize. Like it is freeing and it is helpful for sure. That's what I come back to very, very often is that even when I'm feeling down, judging myself, going through it, as soon as I come back to, oh, this is it, this is it as well. You know, I'm still in flow. I don't know where this is going. Been through this before and I've learned a lot. Been through this before and I've come out of it. I've been through this before and I've gotten through it. And every time I come back to that, there's like a an uh, lightening of the load, at least just a little bit, even just a little bit. Uh, which helps, but there are times when, you know, you're, you're deep in it. You're like, Oh, you're still, this is still it. And you're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to accept that in this moment. Cause it still doesn't feel great. And that's the thing is recognizing that you're still in flow. Doesn't mean that everything just <laughs> goes back to fucking sunshine and rainbows, but it does allow you to at least look at things without so much distortion with just even a little bit of weight a little bit less resistance which always helps me so anyway if you've been judging yourself a lot recently feeling like you don't have <laughs> shit to offer and share just know that i go through that stuff all the time still too and there's certainly a lot that i've learned along the way that is that has helped um but sometimes there isn't something that immediately helps alleviate all of it. And it's just going through it, just looking around, being like, okay, I'm I'm still still here and there's still things I can do with this. It doesn't feel amazing, but letting go of the idea that things should be different than they are at least helps alleviate a little bit of that weight. Oh man, I it's so funny because we talk about, you know, letting go of our opinion of what things should be or letting go of our opinions straight up of whatever they are. But that really just means letting go of the narration. Like that really means letting go of, of that entire thing that gives you some sense of control. 
as you're flowing down the river of existence from moment to moment, letting go of, of all of it and just being where you are. That's, that's a lot. Like it's a lot. It's, it, and I say this after 20 years of thinking I was getting it. Like I really, I really am humbled by the last week or so. The retreat always, always drives me right to my knees in terms of humility because it's so easy to mistake the concepts for the reality. It's so easy to get lost in all of this fun philosophical stuff and, and to forget that it's in those moments when all of your triggers are flaring, when your emotions are, are threatening to pull you and push you one way or another, where you don't lose your balance, you don't give in to the urge to judge yourself or think about the narration or make it about your character at all. And you just sit in it like you're in the eye of a storm, letting it just wash over you and still reacting or still responding more, more accurately to everything as it happens moment to moment, but doing so from a place of non-attachment, of clarity. So that way your responses are, I guess, tempered with awareness. It's not that there aren't emotions behind it, but they're not the governing factor because you're not grabbing onto any one emotion and letting it push or pull you. So you're sitting in between all of them with awareness and out of all of that context, choosing what to do next. But in order to be in all of that context, you have to let go of the urge to grab onto a concept about yourself that's immediately going to diminish that context down to that specific meaning. So until you grab onto an idea of you, you are the all of everything in terms of your experience. As soon as you grab onto some sliver, that's all you experience. And it really does diminish your ability to grow and adapt and learn and apply the things that you've been working on the rest of the time because it's easy to get lost in the concepts. It's easy to get lost in, in all of the metaphysical crap and the philosophy and all that stuff because this is fun to talk about, but we're not actually... I guess the focus is, how would I put this? The focus isn't the discussion. The discussion facilitates in terms of, of giving you the opportunity to grow. That's all the, the, the discussion's for. Like sitting down talking about this is just verbal masturbation. At the end of the day, like we can sit here and we can talk about this shit in terms of philosophy and metaphysical and consciousness and awareness and ripples and blah, 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 blah. We can do that all day. It feels really good. Look how conscious we are. Oh my goodness, we're going to change the world, so on and so forth. But it doesn't mean a fucking thing when you're suddenly feeling threatened and triggered and invalidated and you have the urge to lash out or you have the urge to judge yourself or you have the urge to hide in your room. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can grab onto a concept. Oh, we're all one. That's going to save me. No, it's not. You're still going to go through that shit. And that's the point is to go through it because there's something happening there. There's something happening there in terms of you growing. It's like growing pains. All of this suffering and discomfort, all these thoughts that are threatening to pull you off balance, if you don't give in to them, if you let them pass, if you don't identify with them, you grow from that experience in a way that our thoughts can't comprehend. We don't understand. It's kind of like what Andrew was saying in terms of like checkpoints. There are periods of discomfort between each and every one of those checkpoints. There is no state of awareness that doesn't take some discomfort to get to. And we keep trying to avoid that discomfort, but the discomfort is the uncertainty. And that uncertainty is what happens when we're not, not grasping onto concepts. 
right? So it's, it's again, it's just pushing on the gas in terms of faith. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that phrase, philosophy is the disease for which it should be the cure, that whole thing. Yeah, come back to that sometimes because it, is, it isn't even about recognizing anything that you are. It's, it's more so feels like it comes back to letting go of what you think you are and recognizing what you're not. And it's like that instead of the the positive attachment and not positive and negative in terms of like how we typically use it, but like positive attachment being like latching onto something, it's the negative, the letting go of everything you think and, and desire to attach to. And what's left is just what is and, and where you are without exactly without so much narrative, so much story. And because that's been the interesting part and through the retreat as well is, is the recognition of being God and, you know, that recognition has been clearer for me than it ever has. And yet I've dealt with more shit <laughs> and like internal fucking garbage than I ever have. And so it's interesting. It's almost like, because without even recognizing it, I thought that, oh, I, I get deeper into this. I'm going to be freer. Um, things are going to get easier. And all that stuff. Exactly. And that's not it. Like, I, I think there was a subconscious idea of that, that it progressive. It's just this fucking linear sort of you know, acceleration into freedom and pure bliss and all that stuff. And it's not <laughs> at all because the last couple of weeks, like I've been like my interactions, my conversations have been from a state of more of like feels like less attachment but also more shit going on that's almost pulling me from that at the same time and it's like this crazy dichotomy that it's it's hard to explain but because because being everything being reality isn't there's not like this prerequisite of not going through shit as well it's not that that immediately sends you into this state of pure bliss and peace it's like it's there and it's probably more available than when you're super deep in your narrative and and in believing that things are exactly as they are and believing that this the description is the described and that concepts are truth like it's it's you're always quote unquote closer to that but to think that it just causes every insecurity and worry and fear and shit that you've gone through to subside forever is total horseshit. It's not that at all. And I think I'm starting to, to realize that. And so it's, uh, and even talking about it now, it's like, it is more, it's like more freeing even to talk about it, that it's not what I thought that it was in another weird way. And I, I'm just like, there's a lot of stuff going through my head right now because it it's never been what i thought it was of course because we say that all the time it's never what you think and yet we still get sort of attached to the idea because and who knows because of growing up with the idea of of god and like this all fucking powerful thing that just has everything figured out all the time and it's not that it's not about having everything figured out it's not about not going through the shit at all it's just how lightly you can take 
that shit. And I think the recognition helps helps you not fucking plunge as you're going through it, but it doesn't mean that it's still not going to be an aspect of your experience. And so it's it's a good teacher. I mean, just fucking life, just reality is an amazing teacher in as soon as you think something is what it is, it'll almost inevitably show you that it's not that. And so every time you think that something is, and even thinking that right, right now, like feeling less comfortable going through insecurities, like thinking that I know what that is, there's still the desire to settle upon that. And I can't do that either. Cause I don't know what that is, where it's going, what I'm, what I'm currently learning that I don't even know. Cause I haven't, you know, had the processing time or, or even just like coming out of the processing, like I'm going through the processing, thinking that it means something about me and then getting caught and like looking at it and judging myself for going through it. And it's not that either. I'm just looking at all the shit happening in the background being like, oh no, what's happening. It's like, it's already happening. It's always already happening. You don't have to judge it as it happens. And so, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good question. Going through so that, yeah. Are are you judging or are you just looking at the judging happening? <sighs> ah, shit. Because we keep saying like there's process that's happening. Uh-huh. Ongoing, constantly. You're always taking in more information. Each and every moment you go through requires you to continue to adapt according to all the other stuff that you've gone through, quote unquote, or all the all the other stuff you perceive to have gone through. Right? So you're constantly processing information ongoingly and as our friend Sonny has said previously the brain thinks that's what the brain does and so here we are tuning into this channel of self-judgment thinking that we're judging our progress when that's just a part of the process that's also happening is the judging of ourselves going through that process well there's other stuff happening about how well we're doing through that process and all of that thought all of that narrative that narrative that's back there all the different facets of it all of it's just process it's not actually us doing it to some degree it is us depending on focused on one thing or another and we don't have to do that is what i'm saying we don't have to focus on it we can actually just go oh look at that i'm in a period where i'm judging myself and it'll pass and, and it does it really does pass but you're going to feel those triggers Right? You're going to feel that urge to get sucked back into thinking about it like you need to resolve it or that it means something about your trajectory. You don't know. It is entirely possible that this bout of humility or this bout of self-judgment that you're going through is going to inform the next moment of empathy when you run into somebody who's going through something similar. Like this may actually be a part of your brain processing how to be a better communicator. And you're looking at it as though it's a negative because it feels like one. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, it really is that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, it's so funny how you can talk about this stuff and then you like, forget it when it's you going through it. And like even like last week, I was a I was a guest on a podcast and it, I'm sure like I haven't listened back to it. But while I was in it, I was like judging myself as I, and I would finish talking and I was, I was probably being super articulate and like being able to answer this stuff pretty well. And, and meanwhile, in my head, it's like, that was a stupid fucking answer. Like, oh, you, you really think, you know, what you're talking about like, oh, you're going back into that shallow stuff right now. Like, what are you, what are you doing? 
And I was like, oh my God. And it it's happened to me so many times in episodes too, where I'm like, oh God, that was that was a tough episode. And then I listened to it back and I was like, and I was wrong. Like it was totally fine. It, that answer was totally fine. And and meanwhile, exactly like things are happening, things are being processed, and there's so much. And I go back to this all the time, like when I was a teenager going through just this sort of you know self-judgment for years on end it was like a year's period it wasn't just a couple of weeks it was like a few years where it was constant and certain situations it would always come up and yet that informed everything that got me to where i'm at here and yet go back through it and it's like oh it shouldn't be happening it's like you would not be here if you hadn't gone through all of that in the past if you hadn't learned things if you hadn't had that depth and that ability to empathize with people who are going through it too. And so, ah, fuck, it's fucking hilarious when it hits you that you're get. I'm going to interact with tens of thousands of people in the rest of my life. And there's going to be people who have gone through, gone through similar things to now in a period where you know, I've let go of a decent amount of stuff. I've, I've, you know, feeling freer in general, than I have. And yet, holy shit, here I am still judging the fuck out of what I say. And so there's going to be people that I come across, you know, especially in dual security community who are letting go of more things, feeling freer in themselves. And then all of a sudden they hit a couple of weeks where they're like, I thought I let go of that. I thought, and I feel like I'm back to where I was 10 years ago. It's like, oh yeah, I've been there. And meanwhile, here I am, like, this is what's going to allow me to connect with that person. And yet here I am being so concerned with like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This is this is a lot. This is overwhelming. Blah, blah, blah. And you so quickly forget that. We so quickly forget that. It's like, fuck. You're right. Yeah. Oh, it's funny when you when you see it, as always. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> I love it. I really do. I don't mean to laugh at your expense. It's just happening that way. And and the reason it's happening that way is because I go through it all the time. I've, I've hit this exact thing over and over and over and over. And just, so, yeah, it gets to the point where you're just like, oh, okay, I'm learning how to connect with people. Because it's very different to look at someone and from... I guess a place of theoretical, a theoretical conceptual knowledge go, this is just a period that's temporary. You're going to get through and everything's going to be fine. As opposed to that look that you get in your eyes when you actually think back to that deep, dark fucking pit that you went through and you look at them and you're like, oh yeah, no, I get it. And there's a totally different feel because you've seen it to whatever degree you've seen it. And the depth of that experience is what informs the depth of your answer. That's why it's so important to go through shit. That's why it's so important to get out of your, your comfortable bubble and go and do things that, that trigger you or at least allow things into your life that trigger you. And what I mean is to not necessarily be controlling every relationship, not necessarily be controlling every person's perception of you, that kind of thing, because that, that's all a way of avoiding those triggers. It's all a way of avoiding the shit that makes you uncomfortable so you don't have to worry about the thoughts that are going to come with it. See, that's interesting, isn't it? Every time we go into something that's uncomfortable, there are thoughts that come with it. It's not that we're thinking about it. It's that there are thoughts that come with it because we're going into a period of, of advanced processing. So there's more thought. There's more process. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, I'm thinking about myself more. No, you're going through change. 
Your brain is thinking more. You don't have to tune into that. Keep going through change. Just keep going. Don't turn around, right? But it's easy to turn around, especially when you've gone far enough where you're like, oh, I don't feel like I'm suffering as much. Oh, that's much better. I'm going to go back to identifying. It's just this backsliding thing because it's the familiar and we don't recognize that, again, it's cyclical. It does this, this cycle. But anyway, um, I'm going to change direction for a second, if, if you don't mind, unless you've got something you'd like to add. No, you're good? All right, cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, manipulation because there is this incredible, it's almost like a form of magic. And, I, and I've watched it happen in public settings so often. Um, and it's so interesting how almost nobody catches it while it's going on. And, and, and I mean, people who are fairly aware, people who are pretty, you know, advanced in terms of, I guess, their, their, um, the time they spend self-reflecting or, or trying to work on their awareness. And these are people who aren't easily fooled, typically. Um, and yet, I'll see it time and time again over the years. Somebody will use this strategy in a group, and it's like it pulls this, this veil over everybody's eyes. It's the most interesting thing to watch. It really is. And so the thing I'm talking about specifically here <laughs> are compliments. Compliments are such an interesting form of manipulation because they're very easy to use and they're a great way of protecting yourself from criticism. So what I mean is that if I meet somebody and I make them feel really good about themselves, it's very unlikely that they're going to want to tear me down because they're feeling really good about themselves. Now, you see, that sounds really nice at first until you start to realize, hold up, what am I avoiding in terms of their feedback? What am I avoiding in terms of their authentic perception of me that might happen if I wasn't consistently trying to, you know, pad their response to me or, or, or sugarcoat things, right? And that, that is the danger. But you'll watch this. It's always superficial. It's always superficial because it's very difficult to compliment strangers based on anything with depth because you don't know them, right? So what you do is you start going around and saying, wow, I, I love your hair. Oh, you look fantastic. I love the way you carry yourself. You really make me feel good when you're around. And you say these very nice, innocuous things, but you do so consistently over and over and over. Every person you meet, every time there's a gap in the conversation, there's just something that you're doing to put, put, boost that person up. And what's interesting is that people won't notice it. You may not even notice it. You may not even notice that you're doing it as a way of hiding who you are or protecting yourself from quote unquote negative perceptions. But it's a common practice. And the person you're talking to, because they're going through shit too, they wanna feel nice. They wanna feel recognized. And unless they're aware of the why, unless they're aware of the why they want to feel that way, where it's coming from, they're not going to be aware of why you're saying it or where it's coming from. And so there is this very, very interesting magic that kind of happens where somebody's just like, oh, that feels really good. And they totally change their perception of you based on something that you may have done deliberately or not, but it was a means of manipulation. And you did it because you're afraid of the quote unquote, the negative, the discomfort. And so it's just interesting to watch in a crowd. And I encourage you 
to do so. Next time you're in a group of friends, watch for that person walking around complimenting everybody and watch how everybody else's perception of them changes because they're not necessarily being authentic, but everybody's going to hesitate to say anything negative about them. Ah, interesting. Because I feel like there's a, you can almost feel it to a degree, I guess, if you're sensitive enough, but that's, that's it too. Like if you're caught up in yourself and need, you're not going to feel it as much. That person who's being manipulated, like not being authentic, you're just going to hear them be like, oh yeah, that feels, thank you. Oh man, you're really nice. Because all you're looking for is to feel better because you care so much about what other people think of you. So if, if they say something where it's a nice thing, so, so where is that? I don't know, in your opinion, because I, this isn't something honestly for anyone listening like this compliments manipulation and, and compliments being a form of manipulation isn't something that I've thought about or dove into very much, but at the same time, like all there's been, I guess, kind of a, a natural aversion to being too complimentary. Like I'll, I'll toss some out there if I actually feel it, but I've never thought of it as a form of manipulation, but I can think back to times where I heard someone else say one, or even myself gave one that wasn't, it was kind of like a filler thing to help someone to feel better. And so it wasn't really genuine or authentic. And I can think back, not specifically, but I just know there's been moments where I've done that. And so I guess where, so hmm, then is it, is it the, just the, when you're giving a compliment, obviously giving compliments isn't an objectively bad thing, but there's, I guess, a, a situation where you give them without any authentic backing and that's when it's manipulation. Like you can just throw it out there and be like, you know, I don't know, just compliment them in some way. And that's when it's manipulation or I don't know, I guess my question is like, where do you find that line between just being nice and, and being manipulative? Oh, I would say that being nice is being manipulative. <laughs> absolutely. I would absolutely say being anything is being manipulative except being right. Like that, that's kind of the whole point is, are you trying to manipulate or, or alter their perception in, in general? Are you trying to accomplish something? And that is very much the case with compliments. It's not that all, like, okay, so let's, let's answer the first the question about compliments. It's not that compliments themselves are a bad thing, but compliments that are used to supplement what would otherwise be a dialogue can be a negative thing. Because then you're just trying to make that person continue to feel good so they stay around you. There's no actual discussion happening. Right? There's no actual growth. There's no actual relationship because two people stroking one another's ego is not a relationship. Right? So I think that's the biggest thing is why? Why are you saying this thing? Is it very much to make them feel better so they like you? And that's where that self-honesty thing comes from. Again, this is why I don't give compliments. I'm not the kind of person who's going to say, I'm going I'm to say something nice about you because it's going to make you feel good. I will recognize things. I will acknowledge things that I see. Like you're actually really very well-spoken, that kind of thing. 
I'll acknowledge that, but I won't go out of my way to come up with something that makes that person feel better. If anything, I'm going to go out of my way to question whatever it is they've said that makes them feel worse. Right? So my, my goal in a conversation isn't to make that person feel awesome. It's to be authentic. Right? And that doesn't mean throwing out compliments in every sentence. It doesn't mean constantly stroking their ego so they feel good the whole way through. Maybe feeling good isn't the best way to have that conversation. Maybe them being in a state of mind where they're not elated because of all of the ego boosting that you just did. Maybe that conversation go, could go a lot further if they were more serious and actually listening to you rather than just listening to reasons that they can feel better about themselves for the next five minutes. See, it changes things. It, it's not that you shouldn't say things that, that, again, are acknowledgments of positive aspects of this person. You can say, well, that's a compliment. Maybe, maybe, right? But a compliment, like the etymology of compliment well, there's two things to it. It's the completion of social etiquette, right? So a compliment is you know, something that you do in society. You're completing a requirement. You're going through the form. That immediately rubs, rubs me the wrong way. But even the idea that it also comes from the etymology of fulfillment. Also, right, to compliment, to make one more fulfilled, to make one more whole, to compliment something, that... That's also something we have to be suspicious of because we're not trying to make anybody more whole. Like if you're trying to, if you're going, hey, you look especially beautiful today. You may think that's going to boost them up. But it also may tear, tear them down. Like you may be saying today you're better than every other day. You don't know, right? So why not not do that and just be with them? Because that means so much more. It's so interesting. Like, you can just sit with somebody authentically, not ask anything of them, never once tell them they're awesome, never once tell them any of these compliments, never once, but actually genuinely just enjoy their company, listen to them, pay attention to what they're saying, don't judge them, don't expect anything from them, just talk to them, and not one compliment has to come out in that conversation, and both of you will feel better. And isn't that interesting? But compliments are they're like a shortcut in a lot of ways, but they also cut out a lot of the nuance of the, of the conversation. They also cut out the ability to grow and, and have a relationship. So again, it's not to say you shouldn't recognize positive aspects about people, if you want to call them positive. It's not to say you shouldn't recognize aspects about people. Um, it's that you shouldn't be using them to, I don't know, change your political campaign in terms of how they perceive you and like you, right? That's really it, it's, it's the why. It's just the why. Why are you saying this? Are you saying this because it would be awkward if you didn't? Yeah, because it, it really is reinforcing the thing. You know, If it reinforces their identity, it's reinforcing one side of the coin where the other side of the coin is where they feel worse, right? Like you're reinforcing their idea of themselves that they believe to be the truth. And so that believing that to be the truth of them is going to have pitfalls inevitably. My mom actually had a had a friend who had know, people call it like a, a glow up, basically. Like in high school, she wasn't you know the most attractive, like wasn't didn't dress well, whatever. And then at her reunion, like twenty years later, she kind of like I don't know looked better. People perceived her in a more positive light, whatever. And she got a ton of compliments, and it was the weirdest thing to her because immediately she was like holy shit like what the 
fuck? Like, does that mean that I wasn't like, what, what did you think I was like? Cause people were like, oh my gosh, you look, you look amazing. And it was so far on the other side that it was like, what the hell? Like, did you guys think I was really ugly in high school or something? And it was, I remember telling my mom told me this like years ago. Uh, and it was just, I, I found it so interesting because people can take it so many different ways. And if she was super insecure, her, her friend was super insecure at that point in her life, as she, she had gotten older, she may have been like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And felt really good. But being able to see that with a degree of clarity, it was like, what the, what are these people, where are they coming from with this? What's their motive behind it? And there is a aspect of that where it, and, and just giving compliments in general, the people who give a lot of them all the time, like with anything, it diminishes the value of them. Like if someone actually takes the time to get get to know someone and recognizes something in them as you were saying like there's so so much more genuine so much more of a just genuine connection there that's already happening you're not trying to get them to a state in which you think they're going to be in a better spot because they temporarily feel better because it's just a temporary fix it's feeling better versus getting better and complimenting them just allows for a temporary cessation of feeling worse through feeling better, but it's not letting go of the thing that's making them feel worse when they do feel worse. It's reinforcing the thing that makes them feel worse when they feel worse, that they're just temporarily utilizing. And that's us running back to identity all the time. As soon as we get uncomfortable, we're like, oh, let me latch onto this. Let me think of myself in this way. Let me just you know, do some positivity affirmations and look in the mirror and point to myself. And it's like, okay, how long is that going to last until someone comes around and thinks something differently until you have another experience where all of those positivity affirmations or perceptions or things that you're grateful for fall apart. And then what are you left with? Cause they were just superficial kind of things that were boosting you up in the first place. And that's what identity is. And so anytime a compliment is utilized in order to get someone to a certain state, all you're doing is reinforcing the thing that they suffer from on the flip side because it's always that that coin two sides of the same coin so complimenting someone damn yeah i've never really thought about it like that but complimenting someone is just reinforcing the thing that they derive all of their suffering from and you're unfortunately you're um how do i put this enabling an addiction which inevitably can drive them towards relationships that are always based on compliments. They're always looking for people who are going to give them compliments, which makes them very easy to manipulate because people who are narcissistic give lots of compliments. People who want to take advantage of you will compliment the hell out of you. And if you have been conditioned by everybody who's people pleasing around you to want those compliments, you are basically just prey. And so it's so important to recognize that, that it's not just that compliments are manipulative, but that they're also setting people up for a cheapened form of relationship, right? Like I really, I wouldn't consider myself to be a nice person. My wife wouldn't consider me to be a nice person, but she would consider me to be authentic. She would say, you're honest. You have no malice. You're not trying to get anything out of us, right? And that's the case. Does that mean that I'm always going to say things that people like? No. Because 
I care about them. See, that's the whole point. If I didn't care about them, I'd just stroke their ego so they like me, I'd run for government. If I didn't care about them, it would just be about how they perceive me. That's the point. You know, compliments are mostly about how you're being perceived, not how you're perceiving that person, right? Because if you're perceiving them positively, just do that. Just do that. Just be that person who perceives them that way. You don't need to be sitting there showering them with, with compliments. You really don't. Your presence, when you appreciate them, is a compliment. Yeah, so it's almost like there's a, a line of experience, or this is how I'm thinking about it right now, and that when you compliment someone, it's like existing on the, on the side of identity because it's reinforcing both of your identities. I'm a nice person and you have nice eyes or something like, and, and that's where you're driving. That's where then they're deriving their value from that. And you're driving your value from being a nice person who gives compliments as opposed. And it's just like a cheap trick kind of, it really is like, ah, just very, very shallow. Whereas, cause you don't have to do anything else. There's no attention necessary it's like you can just do that and that that's like one of the tools of the whole toxic masculine sort of side of things is they'll they'll give do the cheap tricks and give the compliments and then kind of walk away and then they'll get someone you know, craving more from them especially if it's someone who's insecure and they'll they'll toss out a little bit of a compliment not pay any attention to them whatsoever, not give them their attention, not give them their, you know, time and just being there with them. And so it, it takes very, very little effort to do that. And you can very easily take advantage of people who are insecure just by doing that. Someone who doesn't feel secure in themselves and get them to crave more of that and get them to run towards you. So it's almost like there's a <laughs> there's a responsibility in recognizing that like how identity works and how superficial things can be utilized in a way when people are insecure like you don't have to do very much to get them to like you and once you understand more clearly which i think a lot as i said a lot on the toxic masculine side of the world is starting to recognize like there's an extreme danger in that because it's all reinforcing ego. It's all on the side of the line that's reinforcing ego as opposed to letting that ego go. And so on the side of reinforcing the ego are the compliments are those cheap tricks. Whereas on the side of letting it go is when they're feeling down, as you said before, questioning that letting go of what's feeling down without needing to attach to other things it's like when they have a negative perception of themselves just questioning that being with, with them talking to them about it recognizing that that isn't the truth of what they are but you don't have to run to the side of you know, oh no you're not that because you're you're amazing and awesome and and such a great person and everyone likes you and blah 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 because that's just reinforcing the thing that got them into that state in the first place and if it's reinforcing that thing it's not actually helping them. It's not actually helping them get better. It's just a temporary cessation that allows them to feel better 
but inevitably they're still on that side. They haven't, you know, gone to the other side of letting go of that identity. And anything like a compliment is sending someone further towards identity, which is the root of their suffering. Yeah, because if I'm constantly surrounding myself with friends who are complimenting me, then the first person I run across who tears me down is a massive threat. Right? I can't take that. And that's, that is the danger. Again, in, in enabling, uh, I recently had a phone call. Well, it was recently-ish. Actually, I talked about this. I think it was over the summer um, with somebody who was afraid of flying. And in this conversation, they had already been to a therapist and, and the therapist is like, yeah, you got to remember, you know, you're, you're strong, you can do this, you know, all that. And, and I'm like, okay, what else have you been afraid of? Right. We started going through a list of things that they've been afraid of for a year and conquered little tiny things that they had conquered. I didn't tell them you can do it. I helped them look back and go, oh, I've done it. So it wasn't about me boosting them up so much as recognizing that they were tearing themselves down and then just being there with them to recognize that they didn't have to, that it wasn't based on anything except an initial reaction. You know, now I've had plenty of those conversations and they don't always go well because the person just wants you to make them feel better because other people have where there's an opportunity there to peel some shit back. That person went and took a flight and has done several flights since. Right. But if I had been like, don't worry, you're brave, you're courageous, you've got this. And then they get to the airport and they're staring at the plane through the window and all of it just melts away because you can't fake that stuff. Right. And this is unfortunately a lot of the, the positive affirmation energy or the motivation industry as, as a whole. Right. Is telling yourself all these positives, these positives, these positives. And it's the reason that everything falls out from underneath you when reality is not reflecting all those positives that you want. When you're like, I'm an excellent salesman and you're not making any sales. That is very difficult to reconcile. Very difficult. So maybe stop telling yourself you're an excellent salesman. So that way, the next time you're having a conversation with somebody, you're not trying to be an excellent salesman. You're not just in the pitch, trying to compliment them, trying to manipulate them. You're actually talking to that person, listening to them and learning how to be a better salesman because you're in a relationship. It's always the opposite from the shortcuts that our brain's like, look, look, we have control. If we just do this, there's always a consequence to that because that, that control is fictitious. Every time you think this is what's going to happen, there is a whole bunch of shit that you are missing entirely. And besides that, like, the positivity affirmations and believing all these things to be true about you are not only reinforcing your idea of yourself as what you believe yourself to be, but they're also exhausting. Like needing to go through all that stuff every single day, like wake up and do the whole thing, you know, the whole shtick, the whole, you know, self-improvement stuff, going through the processes, going through the affirmations, going through you know, the, the manifestation journaling and all that stuff, like that's, that's exhausting. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and it all reinforces that root. Like that's, that's really the bitch of it for me is, is recognizing how, no matter how good it can make you feel, it reinforces the idea of yourself. And then if you're, if you're thinking, you know, if you're a salesman and you're thinking about, 
you know, telling yourself how good of a salesman you are. Like, that's just another idea. That's just another story inside of your mind that doesn't, it's, it's based off of the outcome of the situation too. Like being a good salesman is based off of how many sales you get. It's not actually involved in the situation that gets you to the sale, which is kind of funny. Like being a good salesman, you could be, I guess you could be like a, a shitty salesman. And if you're getting sales, you're a good salesman. And that's just through, you know, different, differing degrees of manipulation, but you can't affirm yourself to that state. Like the thing that actually gets you to the outcome of being a good salesman is being there with the person, being there with them, conversing with them, having a connection to them as opposed to being so caught up and being a good salesman. If you keep affirming that, you're like, well, to be a good salesman, I need sales. And then there's need and then there's desire. And then there's all the shit that comes up during the conversation that's taking you further from actually getting the sale, which is always funny because any idea we have of what's what's something, what what being good at something is, is based on the outcome, which you don't even know you you never even know what the best outcome is you know saying that you know, you're a you're a good salesman or podcaster or speaker or runner or whatever is all all those things jump over the experience of actually doing them they they circumvent the experience of it it's all superficial it's all based on ideas and stories and concepts because all those things being a good XYZ is a concept. They're objective, good, this or that, or this or that. And so letting go of that allows you to actually be in the experience. And that's what life is. Like we're sitting in eternity. You're so focused on being a good this that you're, you're missing out on the experience of being it. Like you're trying to jump over experience and just get to a point because you're trying to validate yourself, just trying to feel better about yourself, trying to build this positive idea of yourself and you're missing life. Like that's, that's the even shittier. That's the more, that's the tougher part of that is, is recognizing that through those desires to be the good, this or that you're missing life. You're missing the whole experience. You don't have to be so focused on all of those things, on becoming the best thing in whatever field that you are, because that's all based on outcome. It's skipping over the reality of your experience, which is your life. And it's just a bummer when we get so caught in that, that we miss, <laughs> we miss all of it. Um, but yeah, it's just circumnavigating all of experience through trying to be the best at whatever we want to be. Tis, tis a bummer. That's a, that's definitely a good way to put it. Um, it's, as always, it's the same thing over and over again. Are we trying to be something? Are we trying to get somewhere? Are we trying to get something out of someone else? Do we need them to perceive us a certain way? So now that we've done that fun little conversation about manipulation, because I really want to cover that. I want to go back to something you were saying earlier in the episode that no matter how many times we talk about this stuff, we always end up coming back to the same lessons because that's the point. Like the lessons themselves are actually really simple. It's that we don't like them. 
because they require us to change. And so it's almost like we have to take them layer by layer, right? Like we're like, yeah, right. Not judging myself. No problem. No, I got that. Doesn't make any sense. No worries. And we go on for a little while, changes our path. And then all of a sudden, now that we're comfortable not judging ourselves, something from our childhood comes up where we were afraid of judgment early, early on. And it's a deeper, deeper layer. But because we've cleared all the other layers above, now it's exposed like a nerve. Right. So here we go. Now we're going into this lesson about judging ourselves that's based on something that's far deeper. And so now we have to apply all the same lessons that we just thought we mastered through the last compression period. But now we get to do it with something deeper, which is, tends to be a little bit more sensitive. Right. So now the lessons are even more important. But because it's more sensitive, you think you actually went backwards. But it's more sensitive because of the work you've done. See, it's more sensitive because you've dug your way to it. Right. It's not that you're doing worse because you feel like this. You're doing better because you feel like this. This is the shit to work through. By the time this period's done, you're going to have that open space again. We're like, yeah, I got this until the next trigger. And the question is, how many triggers are there? How deep do they go? And how long does it take to unravel them? Now, I've been at this for 20 years-ish, let's just say. I have a shit ton of triggers. I will be the first to say that my life was not hunky-dory in terms of, of being the ideal. And there's a lot of shit in there. And over the last 20 years, layer by layer, I've consistently thought to myself, yeah, I'm getting this, only to get broadsided by reality and have to deal with a whole bunch of other stuff. But in my 40s, I'm almost consistently at peace. Like, to be honest with everybody, it's not that I don't go through stuff, it's that it's never a danger. It's never something I'm afraid of going through anymore. There's no resistance to hearing those thoughts of self-judgment. It just fades away in terms of being important. The work really does work. It's just time and attention. But what you're doing is you're digging deep. You're exploring things that you've been avoiding habitually or even unconsciously because they hurt. And so the process of working through them is the process of hurting to some degree, because the process of hurting willingly is the process of healing. Well said. Yeah. And, and that, I guess, you know, just thinking about myself and everything we talked about earlier in the episode and going through it and thinking like, oh, I thought I was over this is it's a powerful recognition to see that there's deeper and deeper layers and it's going to feel more and more sensitive to it. But along with that, it's like each time you peel back a deeper layer, dig into something deeper, like because of everything you've been through, you're more prepared to handle it. You're more apt to handle it. And, and the shift really is letting go of the fear because there's a, there's a deeper awareness of it that there isn't so much feeling of like, oh, is this going to last forever? You know, and because you've been through it so many different iterations of that, that you know that it's that it's not. But even despite that recognition, we can still it can be you know, sensitive enough that we forget that 
for a bit. We can get caught in thinking the situation is going to last forever. Oh, this might, you know, knock me out. Oh, this might be, this might be it. Yeah. This might be the, uh, the shit that does me in. Um, and it never is. And each time we go through it, like the things that used to be close to feeling really difficult now aren't so much. So each time I go through it, like there isn't so much concern, even though it feels like there is, but if I were to relatively be able to compare, you know, the, the current experience, the last couple of weeks to five years ago or 10 years ago, it's probably way different. It's just, we get used to the state that we're in most of the time as we go, that as we get, feel like we're getting knocked back a little bit, you know, quote unquote, knocked back. It seems like it's this drastic jump when really it's just a subtle shift, but because we're more sensitive, it's like we're, we're more attuned to it. Like we're more aware of it because it's not that linear trajectory. That's just soaring towards more peace and freedom. It fucking goes up and down and up and down. And as you go, like, yeah, maybe the, the shifts aren't as much, but it's still going to be that like, this doesn't go away. This doesn't stop. It's never just smooth sailing and you could have really calm waters for a while and then have a burst of really choppy fucking waters where you're like holy shit i thought i was done with this this is i'm back to where i was but relative to you know the ocean you used to experience it's actually fairly calm and and also sometimes it is just as choppy but you've been through so much that now you know how the boat works you know you got you know you're working the sails a little bit better you see it you know wobbling one way and you're like oh i've been here let's you know pull this back oh i recognize this let's let's do this so you're more it's like you've gone on this voyage along the ocean and the, the whole time you're learning things picking things up along the way better ways to handle the current and the the waves and the madness of the ocean so even when things start going crazy, it's like you're a much better sailor <laughs> at this point. So you think you think that the choppy waters mean something about you initially, but it never has. It's just another experience that you're going through and you're more adept to handle it every single time. And we just get, there's always a point where we get concerned that, that we're not, or that it's gonna, you know, the storm's gonna last forever. And, uh, yeah, and it never does. That's really interesting. Like, there's a part of us that really just wants to stay in kind of a childhood mentality. And what I mean is that we want people to come pick us up. Like, we want people to come boost us, tell us it's gonna be okay, do the work for us right? We don't necessarily want to do it ourselves, but that's when we find freedom is when we don't no longer need people to come over and be responsible for our state of mind. But it's so much easier to just kind of piss and whine about it 
and hope that somebody's going to come over and compliment you. Like, you can do it. You're strong. You're a warrior. You know, all that. And it's like, right, but that's going to last until you're not around to do that for them. And then they're going to be looking for someone else. Right? And that that's very much it is there's a point where it is better to allow a person to figure out how to stand on their feet. But where is that point? And I say, as a parent, it, there's a lot of gray area there. There's a lot of gray area there because I mean, we are always going through different lessons. We are going through different facets of our life. There are certain facets of our life where we are at a point where it's like, I'm ready to stand up. And then there are other facets of our life where we're just not, we just don't feel like we are ready to stand up. In which case we have to go through some more of the meat right? Or some more of those experiences where we have to maybe boost ourselves up and then fall back down and boost ourselves up and then fall back down as we're going through this process, because that's the thing that we're always learning. You can do that through any journey that you're on. You can go through the process of boosting yourself up to make yourself feel like you can do it. And then the fall that follows. This is why the expression is pride goeth before the fall. Because you're trying to boost yourself up to feel proud. And that is setting you up. So you're not grounded anymore. And it can all get undermined as soon as something gets taken away from you. That's the problem with pride. It's always based on achievement. It's always based on the ego. It's based on some sense of value that is now increased as a result of the thing you're proud about. So it can be taken away. That's the lesson that we're always going through. You can stand on a chair, but you're in danger. You don't need to stand on that chair, but that means you have to be equal to everybody else. See, and that's the draw. But if I stand on the chair, I'm higher than everybody else. No, you're just in more danger. You just feel higher. And everybody else who's not standing on that chair is kind of laughing at the fact that you're in this ridiculous predicament simply because you need to feel better. Uh, isn't it, isn't it funny the the pitfalls to boosting yourself up are always right there. You know, they're always easy to see in a state of clarity, but when you're lost in your shit, it's like, it seems like a good idea. And then, and then there's going to be inevitable pitfalls. And I really do like the, uh, that example and that thought process of, you know, standing on a, a chair or a stool or boosting yourself up and, and trying to get up there and thinking that it means more about you. Like you actually haven't changed. You're just the same jackass. And now you're just standing on a stool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like thinking that it makes you more and that's just an illusion. But as a society, we're so bought into that, you know, we're so bought into looking at people standing on stools, thinking that they are actually higher, that it does actually mean more about them. But, you know, getting into a conversation with someone, you know, going to grab a coffee with someone and, and just having a conversation. And if that was the extent of your experience and there wasn't anything that you knew about them, they didn't know anything about you, like, how would that go? So many people in a situation like that will point to the things that they've, that they've done and the things that they've experienced and validated themselves through the things that they have and, and the things that they own and all those things. But that doesn't actually add anything to the conversation you're having over coffee or just on a walk or something like those basic sort of experiences that are 
awesome and like super enjoyable to to do with people but so often we bring in all of the external identity-based things but if you can bring it back to okay what what's that experience like you can't bring up anything about yourself you know how people see you like how is that going to go some people don't have anything to talk about if they're not validating themselves or being validated by the other person and oftentimes the other person if they feel grateful for having been able to get a cup of coffee or go on a walk with this person are going to validate the other person. And so they're looking up at them standing on a stool, validating their position on that stool. And I think that's been a very large aspect of our society is the people on the stool think of themselves as in a certain way because they're standing on the stool, but then everyone who's not standing on the stool is looking at them, thinking of them in a certain way, wanting to be on their own stool. And it never meant anything. It doesn't mean anything when you get on the stool. It doesn't mean anything when you get off the stool. It doesn't mean anything when you're you know, not on the stool, looking at someone else on the stool. And yet we think that it does. And it's all superficial bullshit. Like it really is. And the reality of what you are just being here now, there isn't so much of an ability to stand on that stool because that stool is pretty limited. It's pretty confined. There's not much room to explore when you're standing on that stool. And that's really what, what experience is all about. And I actually, this reminds me of a, a video I came across yesterday um, about how if you want to, like, it, it was an example of like traveling. And if you want to actually have a really cool, exciting travel experience, like travel for as cheaply as you possibly can. Because the guy gave an example of even just, you know, the flight, say you're going to another country, the flight and you have a bunch of money and you spend a bunch of that money and get a first class flight and you get, you know, your own little cubby, your own little thing. And it's like, you get on the flight and that's it. You don't interact with anyone. Whereas you, you don't try to spend as little money as you possibly can. You get a middle seat in the back of the plane and you know, you're interacting with people, whether, and if you're not, you know, if you're trying to avoid that experience, then you're going to be bitching and moaning the entire time. But if you're willing to just have experience and enjoy that experience, like you're going to have all sorts of stories from that time. Or, you know, once you get there going, if you go to a super fucking nice hotel, just by yourself, you're there. And then, you know, you go out and explore the city or whatever versus spending a lot less money, going to a hostel or something, bunking up with 15 other people like what's going to what's going to be more of an experience what's going to have more depth what's going to have more variety to that experience of course living with a bunch of people but like that's what's deemed oh that's that's cheaper that's and a lot of people will think of that as being less enjoyable of a time because it costs less you know it's less quote unquote convenient but that convenience and comfort is quite the trade-off to having a depth of that experience like you're really sacrificing quite a bit of of life by you know sitting up in your ivory tower looking down on everyone and it's the same for for so many things like even even identity standing on the stool thinking of yourself in a very positive way and other people validating that way it's like there isn't so much variety anymore because you're clinging to an idea people see you in a specific way as opposed to doing your best to 
bash that idea, destroy that idea. Cause then all like, there's so much more that opens up to you so much more experience. Once you're, once you're pinned into a certain way of being perceived, I don't know. It, it, it limits the depth of your experience to a degree, almost always. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, it's funny because you were asking, like, you know, imagine going to a coffee shop with a stranger. How's that going to go? My first response was, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to know. That's the whole thing. I have no expectations going into that. I don't need anything out of it. So I'm not going into the coffee shop with anything in mind. There's no desired end result, as it were, to talking to this person. Either they're going to get something out of the conversation, which is entirely on them, or they're not. And likewise for me. And so I take my responsibility in that seriously. I'm going to a coffee shop. That's it. That is the one thing I know. Coffee. More than likely. Maybe 95%. Maybe they're out of coffee. That could also be possible. But as it is a coffee shop, fairly safe to say that likely there will be coffee. Anything aside from that, totally unknown. And you're like, well, you want to make sure that, you know, I'm polite. I got to make sure that they're comfortable. No, you don't. You really don't. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do any of that. You see what I'm saying? If you feel you have to do that, maybe you shouldn't be hanging out with this person. Because why do you feel you have to do that? Is it because they've implied that they're not going to be happy with you unless you do those things? Or is it because you don't feel like you'll be enough unless you're in there doing these things to manipulate the perception of you? That's it. And as long as none of that is there, you're just being you, which is everything you've worked to be up until that point. So why are you so afraid to be that? You've been working all the way up until right now to become what you are right now. Arrive. Celebrate. You've come this far. That doesn't mean there isn't more to do, but you're here now. And you've done everything up until now. Holy shit. That was a lot. Let's just take a break and collectively admit that was a lot. Take a breather. Holy Christ, I'm here. It's a lot ahead of us. That's okay. Because we've already adapted up until now. And we're going to continue to adapt going forward. There is no reason for you to get in there and think that you have to be something else. You're already what you are and you're already changing. If you have some fictitious idea of what you're supposed to be for someone else or something that, or some fictitious idea of how they're supposed to perceive you, that is weight. And it is taking you out of the moment that you're in where you are already the thing that somebody is going to appreciate. See, we want certain people to appreciate what we are. Maybe they can't. Maybe they're not in a place where it's even possible for them to appreciate everything we are. More importantly, how can they appreciate who you are if you're never being who you are? So there's a gamble involved in authenticity. If you want a genuine relationship, you have to be willing to let them burn. Yeah, it, uh, and even even just this uh, reminds me, a couple of weeks ago, um, I talked to a girl who I've um, gone on dates with before we don't live near each other at all but um we got on a zoom call together just chat for for a little while and leading up to it i it's so funny how much we can talk about these things and i was still like 
hmm, should I should have some topics to bring up or something. And it was coming up and I was like, oh, fuck that shit. And, and so I, but I went through that process of like, oh, I, you know, should have some things to talk about. Like she has a lot going on right now. I should, I should be. And there was a part of me that was like, you gotta prepare for like a fucking conversation that, you know, it's not even a fucking like podcast or anything. It's just a conversation with someone. And so there, I, I was seeing those things coming up and it's kind of, kind of fun to see those things still there and be able to see like, oh shit, that shit's still there. Like as much as we talk about, and even, even on here, you know, we, we never prepare for these episodes, but this is something that, you know, just another thing that years ago coming on a live stream without any preparation, I would be like, holy fuck, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm worried. I'm afraid. And I forget all that, you know, a few years ago, even three years ago, I probably would have, you know, my heart would have been pounding coming on this. And we so quickly forget like, oh, I've made a lot of progress to get to this point where I can step into a situation like this and just talk for two hours with no preparation whatsoever, no concern for how it's going to go, blah, 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 blah. And yet, you know, we, we get used to that. And so we, we forget like, oh, there's a lot of shit that happened to get me to this point where I can do this. But it was so anyway, it was funny to see those things still come up and then be able to be like, no, I, I don't have to prepare it a lot. No fucking idea how this conversation is going to go. I don't know where it's going to lead, whatever. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I didn't. And it was it was a great time. It was a great chat. Um, but it's always interesting how much. You can talk about stuff. You can have the conversation. You can conceptually understand how futile it is to prepare because you never actually know. And yet it still comes up. It's still right there. It's still something that arises and and in points of you know uncertainty, because that's what it was. I I didn't have any idea how it was gonna go. As I as I always never know how it's gonna go. I'm always in that state not knowing but there there's certain points where it's like oh but i want it to, i want it to go well <laughs> and that'll come off it's like fuck that noise <laughs> like fuck that shit and uh and so then as you want it to go well and you're like i do want it to go well oh i should i should i should prepare and then it's like letting go of that shit as you go because it's still there like there's still gonna be certain points where we forget how 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 little certainty there ever is, like how we never have any idea. And I can talk about it to for eternity. And yet there are still going to be situations where it comes up and there's like that desire to to run back to it. But recognizing that and even have it like I enjoy those situations coming up and being willing, you know, to admit like, yeah, that shit still comes up. I still had a strong desire to to prepare for something i didn't know what it was going to be and so it's it's funny but in each of those moments you know it's just another experience where i let it go i didn't i didn't prepare i didn't go into it with any expectations whatsoever and it went totally great so then you know the next time it comes around that you know urge that side of me that has that urge for something to go in a certain way may not be as strong and it's just going through it it's just getting those reps in but it's not about avoiding those situations it's about 
recognizing them, facing them, having some of those desires come up, being willing to let them go, or sometimes, you know, not having the wherewithal to let them go and recognize how futile it was to prepare because it didn't go how you thought it was going to go because it never fucking does. So no, no need to set yourself in a specific direction that is just one of the infinite number of directions that it could go. So preparation is oftentimes futile in, in almost every situation. You know, it's funny because my perception of that process is, is changing, I think. And, and it's because it's like we were saying earlier, your brain is immediately processing whatever information is coming into it all the time. And so when all of a sudden you're like, I'm going into a new situation, your brain is immediately trying to go through as much information as it can to solve all the uncertainty that goes with that new situation and all the possible variables that go in that. But that makes us uncomfortable. And so we reach for the first conclusion that our brain comes up with, right? Do this. It'll go well, right? And we're like, aha, I feel better. Whew. Thank God that's over, right? But what's interesting is that our brain at that moment is actually showing us why we don't have to be concerned. Look how much it's processing on just a fragment of information going into the unknown. So all of a sudden it's processing all these different scenarios. You don't have to grasp onto them. Your brain is literally processing that shit all the time, which means it's going to be doing so when you're in that conversation. It's going to be doing so when you're in the situation itself because you are fucking brilliant. When you're not just grasping onto the first solution that makes you feel better out of desperation, you are actually the process of intelligence. As long as you remain in that process, rather than looking for that endpoint that makes the process stop. See, the process itself is intense. We call it uncertainty, but it's being, which is being intelligence, which is intense. Yeah, it really is, because in order to allow that process and, and the intelligence to arise in the moment, you have to remain relaxed. And people will say that being relaxed, they'll equate that with being fucking lazy a lot of times. But it's it's hard. It's like hard work in a sense, like to to a degree, because in like we we so quickly want to latch on to certain things because it, it creates a cessation or, you know, there's a cessation of the uncertainty, but it isn't actually what we think it is. And so in order to allow that intelligence to arise, we have to remain relaxed. And in lots of situations where they're uncomfortable, staying relaxed is one of the hardest things you can ever do. But that's what allows it to arise. As we, as we run from the relaxation, as we tense up, as we you know, try and prepare every possible scenario that could possibly come up, it's all... You know, I was talking about the two sides before. It's like on the side of identity, ego. What does this mean about me? I have to be prepared. I have to know all these things because that's going to help my value go up and it's going to, uh, you know, take away from or, or hinder my the ability for my value to go down. And it's all on the side of believing you are what you think you are and, and trying to build up that idea of yourself. Whereas on the flip side, you're, intelligence manifests. You're a product of billions of years of evolution right here, right now. You got all the answers. 
right at your disposal. As soon as you're relaxed, as soon as you're not focused or concerned about what the situation is going to mean about you. It's like the answers are always there as soon as you let go of the need to have them. And that's the counterintuitive nature of all of this is as as you let go of the need for them to be there, they're there because you're relaxed because you're relaxed when you let go of the concern. That's what's left is that state of relaxation. But it's not the easiest thing to do when you're caught up in your narrative and your idea of yourself. Relaxing is like the last thing your mind wants to do. Like, no, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be set and have everything figured out when it never actually can. So being relaxed is is the best option, but that takes practice too. Like there's a cultivation there. And and sometimes that means just going through it and proving to yourself that you can, even when you don't feel relaxed, still doing it anyway. And then it's like, okay, oh, I I I was able to handle that situation. You go through it again and again and again. Like, okay. And there's there's a side of it that's feeling like you need to prove it to yourself, but it's really just proving to yourself that you've always been able to handle it, no matter whether you thought you could or you couldn't. Really, it's just balance, right? Like it, It's kind of like we spend all of our time trying to get that sense of control. So we spend all of our time you know, weightlifting to get strength, but we don't spend any of that time stretching because we don't necessarily see how that's going to help. In the long term, we're like, but that doesn't give me that control. It's like, right, but it does give you longevity. It does give you fluidity. It does give you more enjoyment in your life rather than just looking really big, right? You're also fluid. You're actually feeling better and more healthy as opposed to just satisfying your insecurity. And so it's it's the same with everything. You know, you have to take the, that time to breathe. You know, you have to understand that the thoughts that you're not enough are are really just part of the process of you recognizing that you always have been enough. They don't actually indicate anything about you except possibly whereabouts you are in the journey to recognizing that you are everything you've ever needed to be. Maybe they seem real because one day they won't. So right now you get to go through the process of thinking they're real. So that way one day it seems, it seems laughable that you ever believed that to be the case. So it really is the spectrum of experience, in which case there's nothing to worry about. You don't have to be afraid. That doesn't mean that things aren't going to be challenging or hard. They will be. I fucking promise you they're going to be challenging and hard. That's what makes them worthwhile. That's what makes all of this worthwhile is the fact that while it's challenging and it's hard and there's going to be moments where you don't think you can get through and you don't think you can do it, you will. That's the point. Keep going. You will. But we often reach for this urge to like try and boost ourselves up and get control and try and manipulate people and get ahead and do all of that. And as Andrew was just saying, relaxation is different than we tend to perceive it as. We perceive people who are lazy, people who don't want to get off the couch, don't want to get out of their house, don't want to go out and get a job, don't want to work, don't want to take responsibility for themselves. We, we perceive those people as being relaxed. But in fact, they're so bogged down in shit, that's why they can't move. They've got nothing but their own expectations and everyone else to the point where they're just hiding from all of that because it's so heavy. If they were relaxed, they'd be out enjoying their life. 
if they were relaxed, they wouldn't feel so afraid or inadequate. So it's really important to remember that the appearance of relaxation is not the appearance of stagnation. Relaxation is, is really uh, participatory, right? Like you really are involved with shit when you're relaxed. Why wouldn't you be? You're relaxed. Why wouldn't you be? All of your reasons for not being are gone. You can participate in every moment fully without ever needing anything from it. And that is when it's its own reward, when you are your own reward, which is ultimately what you've always been. It's just all that shit in the way. That's all it is. It's just the stuff in the way in terms of, I got to get somewhere. I got to be someone. Oh my God, I don't like this part of the process. Uh, it's just what it is. It's just what it is. And if you got out of the way and you just let it be what it is, you would start to find your your footing. You would start to find your sea legs as it were, right? But first you got to stop running from this uncertainty. You have to face the thought that says you're not enough and go, right, but you're just a fragment because it is. It's just a fragment of the process. It's a necessary fragment of the process, but because you don't like that one fragment, you're disregarding the entire process. Yeah, exactly. We get so caught on that one fragment because it gives us some certainty at least. So we'll take that. We'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that and run with it. Even though it makes me feel like fucking shit. At least it's certain. At least I can settle upon that. But it is, uh, yeah, it's funny. Just everything we've talked about today with going through the shit and just how much empathy for others that can provide you down the road like you it's very difficult to connect with others if you've never gone through anything say you never go through a, a a lull in your life or a rut or a really really fucking difficult experience like that's what allows you to connect with the rest of yourself with the rest of society like if it was just that smooth path towards freedom it wouldn't it wouldn't even be that it wouldn't be as enjoyable as the up and the down because there would be very little ability to genuinely connect with people. And so that's a big aspect of that. We we have this idea because we're so focused on ourselves that we just want everything to be easy for us and, and to be smooth sailing, but everyone's going through shit all the time. And so without that up and down, without the choppy waters without the difficult experiences it's going to be really difficult to connect with people but what you can do along the way is do your best to remain relaxed despite it like going through the shit and being relaxed aren't mutually exclusive experiences you can very much recognize that you're in the shit that yeah this this kind of fucking sucks not gonna lie you know caught up in all sorts of shit but also it is what it is and through that there's some clarity through that there's a little bit more participation through that you're still willing to get into a conversation still willing to you know participate as you said being relaxed is a prerequisite to participating in a sense like as we get tense and, and tightened up we avoid 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 but with that even just little little bit little glimpse of relaxation there's the ability to be more involved 
in reality. And that's what allows you to connect with people. It's what allows you to recognize the, the benefits of going through all of the shit. And then the shit isn't so shitty because you're connecting with people and you're seeing, oh, there is some, there, there's some utility here actually. Oh, it wasn't all for nothing. It wasn't just a awful experience that meant nothing and couldn't be utilized. And there was no benefits to it whatsoever. But it's it that twinge of relaxation is necessary in order to get out there and participate, get involved in things, do shit despite how you feel, despite how maybe you don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. You still get out of bed. You still do the stuff. You still interact. You still go through it. And that's what informs what eventually gets you out of it or what always was going to be getting out of it. But it, it's just that state of relaxation that allows that process to happen without so much resistance and just it, it allows the like the the choppiness to go a little bit smoother as opposed to adding to the choppiness because the choppiness is going to be there and your perception of the choppiness how willing you are to relax despite it is going to inform how much choppier it gets and through that you go in and out of it, but you learn a lot along the way. And those connections with people really do allow you to let go of the idea that it shouldn't have happened. And you see the utility that it always had. See, it's funny because relax itself doesn't imply that everything around you is relaxing. Right? Relax itself just means loose. That's all it means right, is, is loose. So that doesn't mean that you're not challenged. It doesn't mean that you're not participating. It doesn't mean that you're not going through things. It means that you're not tensing up. You're not resisting. You're not trying to protect yourself to the same degree. You're remaining loose. And that's really important in general. We talk about this all the time in, in terms of martial arts and whatnot. Anybody who's rigid is easy to move, right? Anything that's brittle is easy to break. Keep that in mind. When we say relax, it really just means be what you are. Have faith in what you are. Does that mean things are going to go the way you want them to? No, because you want them to as a result of not who, uh, being who you are. See, that's the whole thing. Like, as long as you're in that whole, like, but if I am who I am, what if it doesn't? I ah, see, you've already done it. That's it. You're no longer being who you are because you're looking for a desired outcome. Just go. Just, just see how it goes. That's the best you can do. And, and then you're going to learn from it and that's going to change what you do. And you're going to learn from that and that's going to change what you do. Before you know it, you're going to be an entirely different person, right? And it really is just a matter of just continuing on and, and not holding on to this idea of yourself. Because the idea of you is going to be the hardest thing to let go of. That's really what it is because there's some false certainty in it. At least I know where, where I am in the progress in terms of the journey, right? I'm measuring my progress. It's like there is no progress. You're always here. You're always here now. This is it. What are you doing with it? Right? And if it's trying to be something else, then you're not here now, or at least you're not enjoying here now, or making the most of here now, or learning from here now. All of those things are the same thing. All you're doing is trying to oscillate back and forth out of your relationship with yourself here now. 
So all of that effort to go out and have other people look at you a certain way so that we, when you're back at home by yourself here now, left alone with your thoughts, you can go, well, at least those people like me. Fuck those people. You don't need that. You don't need that. Nothing is going to change between this moment and that moment, except some fucking stranger is going to look at you in a positive way. They're going to make an assumption that's positive. Is that who you are? No. It was never who you were, any more than it would be if they made a negative assumption about you. You see, none of their opinions mean anything about you here now. But you're trying to use their opinions to change how you feel about you here now. You don't need them. You don't need them. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy them. That doesn't mean it's not nice when somebody's like, hey, you're, you're a really nice person to talk to. Hey, that's great. Awesome. I'm glad you're perceiving it that way. That doesn't mean I've changed. I'm still me here now. And nothing else is ever going to take away or replace or add to that experience except me. Except me. And if I'm going to sit there and think, oh, I can be here now and love myself because of this and this and this and these people and this people and all these opinions and so on and so forth, that's all me. Do you understand how that's all me? It's not about them. All those other fucking reasons don't mean anything unless I give them meaning. So I'm the one giving myself the justification to be who I am without worrying about it, without feeling less. Do I need to do that? No, I don't. But if I keep doing it, I'm going to feel like I need to. If I keep reaching for that addiction, I'm going to keep thinking I need it. And I don't. I don't need anyone anywhere ever to validate me or justify what I do because I'm always just doing the best I can with what I have and what I know. We all are. Nobody can add value to your life. All you can do is recognize you are value in that you are life. Fucking well said. Yeah. It's like, it's like we're always looking for an excuse to accept ourselves, not recognizing that it's always right there. Like even, even, even this episode, you know, we've been talking about going through the shit, like talking about our own experiences going through the shit. I find it fucking hilarious how people are probably going to really enjoy this episode. And it's just us just being ourselves saying like, yeah, I'm going through shit right now. I'm dealing with stuff that I thought I haven't had to in a while. And it's just that it's not, we're not reaching for some like spiritual concepts. We're not, you know, grabbing on. We're like, yeah, you know, we talk about this stuff a lot and still go through it all the time. There's lots of times where I forget. And even you know, at the start of this, it hit me like how informative this experience that I'm going through dealing with my shit is going to help future experiences and whatnot. And it's so funny how through everything that we're doing and the example you just gave of trying to get validation from everyone else, like you're still going to find yourself by yourself, you know, before bed, questioning everything that you think that you are because you're desiring to be perceived in a certain way, desiring to know yourself and, and derive some sense of control. So you're going to think back on all those situations when someone looked at you in a certain way or someone said some fleeting thing about you and, and being so concerned about all of that and all that it is, all that you're looking for is an excuse to accept yourself, an excuse to just fucking be yourself exactly as you are. And the beauty of that is it's not, it doesn't come with anything. 
doesn't come with any additional stuff. There's no way to be yourself. There's no way I can write down how to be yourself besides not trying to be anything at all. Like that's all being yourself is, is letting go of the need. And what's left is just you. As you let go of the need to be seen in any specific way, the the idea that you should act in any certain way, the the, the feeling like you have to protect something as if there's ever anything to protect. I have to protect this idea because God forbid someone thinks of me in some other way. It's like, you don't think that's just on them for seeing you in that way? Like it's it's not all we're doing is looking for that excuse to just be ourselves, be able to fucking have a conversation, an open and honest conversation. It's like, yeah, here's here's how I am. Here's what I'm going through, blah, 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 blah. And just talk about that. And yet we're so hesitant to share those things because we think it's going to diminish us. We think in some way, shape or form, that's even a possibility. It's not a possibility. It's fucking impossible. If you can start to recognize that, the impossibility of you being diminished, everything's a little bit less scary through that, through that recognition. So just being able to be you and let go of that idea that you could ever possibly do that wrong. Like you can't do it wrong, but it's the idea that you can, that gets you caught in the shit. It's caught in, oh, I, I, I should be this way. I need to say this. I need to act this way. I hope this person looks at me in this way. And it's all just you looking for an excuse to accept yourself. And as, as long as you're looking for it in anyone else, it's going to be something that's easily, I don't know, diminished. It's going to be something that's easily taken away. What's well, easy come, easy go, <laughs> that whole sort of thing. But nothing that adds to you. So there's nothing that can be taken away. And you're always what you are. There's no need for the concern of being anything. You're just, you're just it. <laughs> Allow yourself to arrive. Allow yourself to accept yourself for what you are. And that doesn't come with any prerequisite or, or external validation whatsoever. You don't need it. You're already it. You're already there. You're already everything you've always wanted to become. Now it's time to just be it fully. <laughs> and there's no correct way to do that. Sharing that you're going through the shit is just as much being you could potentially be just as helpful to anyone else as some conceptual jargon, some conceptual spiritual shit. You know, saying, oh, this this could be helpful. This could be helpful. Just being you is the most helpful thing you could ever possibly do. Just do that, and the world will change drastically, far more than you could ever possibly imagine. I would even go so far as to say that any single person who's listening to this, if you were to spend an entire year of your life no longer making decisions from the point of view that you need to do something to be anything more, your life will change. In, in drastic and dramatic ways. Just one year of operating without constantly uh, trying to satisfy that sense of lack that wouldn't exist if you weren't focused on that idea of yourself would make you make totally different decisions. And you would stop thinking that every decision means something about you, which means that you would make more patient decisions. You would actually have more awareness. Everything about what you do would change if you could just stop needing to satisfy this illusion that makes you so desperate to pick a decision to pick one direction that's limited just because it makes you feel a little bit better.
If you were to do that for just one year, your whole life would change. If you were to do that for five years, your whole life would change. Hell, I've been doing this for 20 years. My life has changed in ways that I can't even fathom. And I say this after having this conversation, Andrew kind of knows a little bit of it. I'm going through shit in my life. There's some stuff happening. Do I wear it on my face? No. Why? Not because I'm hiding anything, but because it really doesn't hit me that hard. It just doesn't because it doesn't mean anything about me. And because of that, my responses, my reactions, the way I talk, the way I act, the things I do, all of which are coming from a place of clarity and empathy. I'm not trying to be anything. And so I can actually have consideration for everything that's involved with what I'm going through. So all of a sudden, simply because it doesn't mean anything about me, I'm able to give it everything I have. But when we're desperate to give it everything we have, we've diminished everything we are. And it makes it so much more difficult. So we are going to continue this conversation about 15 minutes on Patreon. If you would love to join us, it's a tier two call today. Uh, Patreon.com slash dualistic unity. I do recommend joining tier two or tier three. Uh, if you plan on coming to any of our retreats, tier three is absolutely worth it. Uh, you save $350 off of every retreat. So if you ever come to one, it's definitely worth it. If you come to several per year. It's even more worth it. We intend on doing these every two to three months in over the next year. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Again, there's one ticket left for uh, June 9th in Denver, and then there's going to be 13 tickets available for uh, August 24th in Vermont. That one's going to be awesome. We have this just fucking kick-ass cabin. It's going to be great. Um, I think that's about it for today's episode. I'm going to pass it to Andrew to wrap us up, but I, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone for listening as we got back into the groove. Admittedly, I'm still getting the face to do the human word noises thing uh, since we had such a long break from being on the computer or even having to you know, talk in front of a microphone. So this has been a fun experience and I look forward to the next group. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, this has been, this has been a, a fun one. But yeah, I just, I just wrote down that last thing you said. It doesn't mean anything about me. And that really, if you, can, if you can recognize that, there's that experience of relaxation, that cessation of the rigidity and, and the fear that allows you to just be intelligence in action. Just be what the fuck you are. That product of billions of years of evolution that's already made it. You're already there. There's nothing more being none of it, no matter what situation you're going through, ever means anything about you. And the cessation of that concern allows for a state of relaxation that will allow you to experience reality in a completely new and, and free way. So thank you all for listening. And we will talk to some of you very soon and the rest of you this week. <laughs> Bye, everyone.